2: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: Welcome to Badass Women's Hour Extra Bits. This is our little gift to you podcast subscribers This week, we've got a bonus guest. The amazing Viv Groskop comes in to talk all things self-help and Russian literature and stays in to give us all a little advice on our badass
1: balls-ups. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares.
4: Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio.
3: One,
0: two, three, four!
3: Let's welcome our guest, Viv Groskop. Hello, Hello. You Thank you for having
2: me badass women. <laughs> oh, I don't feel badass enough to be here. You, you are here. Like we wouldn't to have invited you, gran you gran on if you weren't. <laughs> I was around, you know, long before you guys were a twinkle in your parents' eyes. Look
3: at your little wow.
5: fresh faces in
3: here. <laughs> me and that uh, Emma, not oh. so much.
2: <laughs> Can I just say, I got
5: ID'd to buy a beer today, oh, and did I did was you? like Mama. winning at life but i'm 34 so <laughs> let's get this show on the road so
2: does that mean they thought you were 18 or that you were 25 I'm, I'm going it's... for 18 i think wow. she thought Take she looked compliment. at me and Respect she thought i was 18 girlfriend.
4: yeah
3: sunshine, so thanks so much for joining us because i know you are super busy at the moment because you are doing double shift you are promoting your book and you have a new comedy show let's first of all talk Russian literature yes let's
2: because I'm sure you talk that all the time <laughs> all the time women's every week. Hour. normally a main segment um, yeah well as uh, listeners will, will have noticed I have a very unusual name Viv Groskop and when I was growing up in Somerset in the 1970s which none of you will recall <laughs> uh, there was obviously no internet so no who do you think you are so I had no way of finding out where my name was from and my parents who were a little bit UKIP before UKIP was invented <laughs> said oh Grosskopf is a very English name <laughs> <laughs> We're very British British. There's nothing to see here. And of course, I didn't believe them. And being a very imaginative child, uh, I desperately wanted to be Russian. I decided Groskop is Russian name. It is, so I embarked surely. on this quest to prove to my parents that I could get in touch with my roots in a way that they couldn't. And it led to me becoming fluent in Russian, very useful for the World Cup at the moment. <laughs> I really don't understand anything about football, but I can understand everything that's going on in Russian. So uh, I studied Russian at university. I went to live in Russia through a lot of the 1990s. I worked for Russian Vogue for a long time. Wow. And I had a really intimate knowledge of, um, well, of Russian men, actually, but that's a whole other <laughs> show a little bit too badass back in those days Uh, but I had a very intimate knowledge of Russian literature because I had this real connection and thought that oh I have to try and understand Tolstoy and Anna Karenina and War and Peace if I'm really going to understand my people and uh, so I've written this book called The Anna Karenina Fix Life Lessons from Russian Literature which tries to demystify Russian literature and a lot of the myths that we have about how difficult it is and how hard it is to remember all the names you know there are so many names that put people off, uh, and, and also so many long. pages. Yeah, yes. Uh, so it's all about that, but it's also about my history with Russia and falling in love with it, and with too many of the men, <laughs> and then realizing. <laughs> after the internet did get invented and a long-lost cousin from Canada got in touch with us that we're not Russian at all, we're just Polish. You're not Russian? No. After all. And um, it, as many listeners will have already guessed, you know, Groskop is not a Russian name or even really a Polish name. It's a Jewish name mm. and it means flathead. <laughs> does it? It, does it? fathead. Groskop. Groskop. in Yiddish.
3: Oh my gosh, the
2: internet crushing dreams since 1996. Yeah. So I was basically wasted 20 years Years of my life living in the wrong country, learning the wrong language and sleeping with the enemy. Is there a more fathead thing to do? I don't think so. Nominative determinism at work there, guys.
3: So what did you learn from Russian literature? What has it taught you?
2: Well, I... Love. I mean, this will tie in hopefully to a lot of the stuff I'm talking about in my Edinburgh show, Vivalicious, <laughs> which is about self-help, and yeah. I'm a big fan of realistic positive thinking, I, and I, I don't mean that sort of American, you know, if you can see, see, well, you the can the secret. Uh, like, I put it into I the can universe. Fly, it will be. All that yeah. stuff. Really? I okay. like the Russian approach, which is basically life is terrible get on with it (laughs) be careful you don't get run over by train there's a russian saying uh -hmm. happiness is in the place where we are not (laughs) the original hashtag fomo there And I love that realistic approach. I'm quite a fatalistic person, which is why I did believe that I was Russian for a long time, because I really identified with their depressive way of thinking. (laughs) So the life lessons that I'm recounting in the Anna Karenina fix, they're very much like pull yourself up by the bootstraps, don't compare yourself to other people, work out who you are and get on with it. Quite practical And I think that is actually much more positive than the whole woo-woo American message of, you know, you just have to think positive thoughts and imagine rainbows in your head and you'll become the president. Well, it does seem to have worked for some people.
3: (laughs) (laughs) When we first met, we bonded over a bit of a love of self-help and the kind of love-hate relationship that you have with it where you buy a self-help book and you're like this will change my life and then it never actually does
2: yes well what I'm exploring in this uh, show Vivalicious I have to keep saying it because I'm so embarrassed of my show title Vivalicious I wanted to call the show Russian Doll and there was going to be loads of Russian stuff in it but <laughs> the guy who's producing it said you can't call it that it sounds like a Radio 4 series that no one would listen to <laughs> so that's why it oh. became Vivalicious which is all mo- about being your most bestest delicious self, delicious yeah. yeah. self, all of that stuff, <laughs> trying to reclaim the self help. Um, but for me, the difficulty with self help is that it is so hack made and cheesy, and so many people are put off by it. And I think they do, uh, they're very doubting of it because of exactly what you say, Harriet, that if it worked, you could just buy one book. And then that, that would You'd you be, be helped. Yeah. Yourself would have been helped. But it's like a, a diet industry and yeah. it's worth almost as much money in America and yeah. over here as the diet industry. You do one, it helps a bit, then you relapse, then you need another. It goes on and on and on. So it's as brilliant and as awful as the diet industry, I would say, with, with which I also have a lot of experience. <laughs> not, uh, yeah, let's not be dishonest about that. So
3: my favourite ever thing about... A self-help book that I didn't buy this one thank god somebody gave it to me which was of course the the kind of the daddy of all self-help books The Secret which oh, essentially says Is that a self-help book? Well it essentially says if you have something your heart desires you tell the universe I want this yeah, thing Yeah Manifesting Manifesting We all the time all We
4: manifested time. this show <laughs> The Law of Attraction The Law yeah. of Attraction
3: and I was really sceptical of it when I read it I was like this is just ridiculous and I lived at that point on a tube line that in the mornings you would have to wait three or four trains to get on, right? Just always, always. You just knew. And so I said, well, if this truly works, I will walk from my house to the tube and I will believe that I will get a seat on the tube and I will get one. Because We're talking about the northern line here, aren't we? Let's be honest. <laughs> the district. Oh, district. Yeah. Okay. So, same thing, really. Um so I watched. and I was like I believe I'll get a seat on the tube I believe I got a seat on the tube and this tube rolled in and it wasn't even that I got a seat on the tube the entire tube was empty (laughs) like it was the first if they just emptied it at the stop before the entire tube was empty and I had this moment where I was like I feel like somebody is playing quite a big trick on me right now but it's created a love of a bit of woo-woo self-help is there anything wrong with that? Am well, I,
2: The Secret should I be more is Russian? probably one of the most contentious self-help yeah. books, actually. And a lot. And it became phenomenally successful, I think, probably about 10 years ago now. And it is this law of attraction. So it's the idea that if you put your statement out into the universe of what you want, the universe will hear and they will give it to you. So you can write a list, you know, Ferrari empty million pounds or it could be anything from you know i need a specific sum of money from a small to large or it could be i want a free cup of coffee yeah and because of coincidence and life (laughs) sometimes these things will come to you guess what and then you will ascribe them as you did to the law of attraction so that's the sort of cynical view of it is that it gets you to think that things that would would have happened anyway are because of the secret and the law of attraction but the flip side of it that I think is quite positive and it's also I think quite a positive thing for women is to name what you want Mm -hmm. and if you need like a specific sum of money write it down and then work out how you're going to get it so i think in terms of goal setting actually the secret is quite useful and there's a lot of really good coaches like there's a great coach i love called uh, denise duffield thomas lucky bitch she calls herself if people want to look her up online and she's all about women getting financial power and she has her own twist on the law of attraction which is about you know get it down in writing what it is that you need and then make make a plan of how you're going to get it
4: That's the thing I like about the art of attraction is actually it's tapping into your subconscious. I do think there's the like, oh, I'm going to ask for a cup of coffee or a seat on a tube and that's coincidence. But I think putting out the things that you do want in life and your subconscious working on that i think is i don't think we we've, we've really tapped into our subconscious yet and how i'm hardcore about self-help because I, I, I know what you're saying you i don't think you can read a self-help book and then that's going to completely solve your life i think what it's about is about psychology and i think if you read a range of self-help books you and it's the same with diet books you read a range of diet books you then understand a lot more about how the brain works or how the body works and then you can
2: then you can change yes i agree it's a lot of reading though isn't it it's exhausting it helps just not to be <laughs> an learning. idiot in the first learning. <laughs> <place. laughs> there are some I people i think that are just
5: addicted to it in the same way you can be addicted to different diets being addicted to self-help but and i i always wonder what is the right everyone seems to need help at the moment everyone needs help and so it's now gone from a kind of i think what was quite a, a niche woo-woo market to mass market general self-help and people running visualization mood board sessions and we've had people ask us about it on the show i actually when you said you know this is this is the russian version i was like today that's how i feel (laughs) sometimes you just have to get on with it It, that's it where's the self-help book that says Sometimes you just have to get on with it.
2: Well, there is one actually.
5: <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> uh, Happy
2: by Darren Brown, talking okay. about people who oh, know a yeah. lot about the subconscious. He wrote this brilliant self-help book which is called Happy which is all about Stoic and Epicurean mm. philosophy I'm well into Stoic. yeah, and and their philosophy is very much don't get too excited about anything <laughs> don't get too <laughs> depressed about anything either it's like sort of uh, another version of Buddhism of just stay on an even keel ex- appreciate good food when you get it but don't eat too much and <laughs> so uh, you know that's very fashionable as well at the moment these Scandinavian ideas so there's an idea in Norwegian of lagom, l a g o m, which just means just day. enough. Yeah, it means the medium. You know, the exact amount—not ma- too much, not too little. And the Darren Brown book is a sort of an anti-self-help book where he says, "Look, the Stoics would be appalled by." the way we've become so acquisitive not just in consumerist terms but in terms of we must be happier mm-hmm. we must be more dynamic and more charismatic and we must always have the get the things that we want through the law of attraction and all of this and his view is very much that the more you do goal setting and positive thinking you're setting yourself up for failure and you're just going to become more depressed which is very much against a lot of the very cynical that.
3: for for someone that like has achieved a lot That feels like quite a a dark place that he's coming from.
2: I think it's quite deep and quite subtle, the way that he argues it. But it's very... For me, I can't do stoicism because I can't do even keel. I just... If the idea of just feeling, oh, I've won the lottery, that's nice. I couldn't do that. Even if it means that the flip side is you never get depressed and you never have a crisis, you know.
5: Is that not the beauty of life, though? Emotion and flailing emotion and up and down, almost knowing the light and the dark.
2: I think you could be Russian. I think you, <laughs> you have Russian soul. <laughs> Definitely. You're like, I, love, I love extremities. Yeah. And I do think, uh, I mean, what's one of the reasons I'm drawn to performing and stand-up is I love uh, high-risk situations and I love you know really strong emotions and all of those difficult things and that's what makes me feel really alive but you do have to be bloody careful you've got to be really careful and look after yourself if you're drawn to those things, if you are drawn to dark side, yeah. <laughs> I love the accent. Yeah, oh, sorry, it's a bit brilliant. xenophobic. I just want to Did you
5: did you have a breakdown break when you realised you weren't Russian after spending all of all of the time there, or was there a part of you that was like, okay, cool?
2: Yeah, I did actually. I didn't literally, you know, turn up at hospital at <laughs> hospital
5: saying, "I have just found out I
2: am not really Russian," but I was ext- I was pretty gutted. Because I felt a bit cheated. Mm-hmm. Cause I had really come to I never literally believed it. I never went up to people and said, Hello. <laughs> I'm <am> Russian. <laughs> but because I'd spent so long out there and I spoke Russian fluently and I had you know, a lot of friends out there, I did feel like I'd sort of assimilated in some way. Mm. Um and to find out that it was all just a a lie that i'd sort of perpetuated on myself was gutting but more so than that i just feel very sad about my family and the fact that they never wanted to talk about our jewish roots right. mm-hmm. and that's something that got lost in my family over three generations
5: wow okay
2: so my surname is groskop g-r-o-s-k-o-p And virtually all of my family changed their name to Grosskop, G-R-O-S-C-O-P, in a cunning disguise, (laughs) (laughs) which was always so weird to me that we had this branch of the family that spelled the name differently. Mm. And it was all because of this very elaborate, unconscious thing that grew up in the early 20th century of don't let anyone know that you're an immigrant Mm. or you used to be an immigrant. And So it got lost by the time it got to my generation that we didn't even talk about it or acknowledge it. And that, to me, is incredibly sad.
5: Mm. Have you gone on the journey to trace your uh, Jewish heritage?
2: I have in some respects. So I've connected with a lot of my family who are outside of of Poland. But my great-great-grandfather came over here in the 1860s. I've had a friend whose father has traced some of my stuff. He lives in Poland. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I've had some people say interesting things to us about how we must have got our name, because there are a lot of Jewish families in the early 19th century in Poland who would have been given their names by Germans. And it is a German sounding Yiddish name. It, and they gave people insulting names like cow fart yeah. and fat Fathead. head. Uh, which is really interesting. I only found that oh, after after the book came out. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I just said cow fart on your nice show. <laughs>
3: I mean, it's not afternoon. the worst thing anyone's afternoon. tweeted us today, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, we have the amazing Viv Grosskop in the studio with us, and she is going to be staying at... Giving us some of your little agony aunt wisdom. I have to, fact. I have to, because I do Dear Viv
2: the Fabulous. podcast, so I feel like I must show you my metal. Proper,
3: <laughs> we've got a proper real life agony aunt in the studio with us for our badass balls ups, which are coming up next here on Badass Women's Hour.
0: That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow.
5: Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour Excel
4: on Talk Radio.
3: Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton. And this week in the studio with us, we are very lucky because we have our. Very own real life agony aunt, the amazing Viv Groskop.
2: Thanks for joining us, Viv. You're so welcome. I'm just going to start doing my agony aunt voice. I <laughs> <laughs> like, it, well, like it. it. So, you have a podcast which is Dear Viv. Dear Viv for the pool. Yes, we're just coming up on our 100th episode. Wow, congrats. What sort yeah, of things do people it? ask you? Well, it's fascinating. There are various topics that come up with quite a lot of regularity, actually. So, this has been going for three years, and I would say most people who write in are women aged mm-hmm. between probably 25 and 50, with a sort of bias towards like late 30s, early 40s. Yep. And very often they write in about friendship problems, which is really mm. interesting. Oh, okay. So, and I was just reading something on the way here, actually. Maybe it's on... Um, Oh, it was a piece that Marisa Bate has written in the pool today, actually, saying about how uh, whenever you try to meet up with friends nowadays, everyone says, oh, yes, I have a window in October 2020 uh, <laughs> and uh, how difficult it is uh, and everybody's lives are so busy and making commitments are really hard. So we do get a lot of questions about how to make time for friends, what to do if somebody ghosts you as a friend, what to do if loads of stuff about weddings and friends oh my God, I get, weddings of, of oh my friends but the same wedding venue as me and all oh, my friends got the same wedding dress as me or my friends invited me to this hen party and there's a butler in the buff and i don't want to go and mm. oh it's the whole wedding etiquette thing is a massive what uh, can problem. you say if your friend has bought the same wedding dress as you? Do, you do you i would say i would be like i would say that's against the friendship
4: code <laughs> It's just a bit
5: you weird. It's just a bit weird. It's
2: a bit weird. Yeah. Well, I tend to run through the options for the person <laughs> or run through the different scenarios. So you could say, yeah, get really angry and never be friends with this person anymore because they're clearly a psycho, right? Which is obviously yeah. the right thing to do. <laughs> uh, or, or another thing <laughs> would be to say, you know, we're all living difficult lives. We're all under a lot of pre- pressure maybe this woman is feeling really insecure and she looked to you for inspiration let it go yeah No. i I try to give you know lots of different options but always trying to be compassionate you know not only to the person writing in but to the other people around them because often when people are writing it you're only hearing it from their point of view yeah, And you have to think about the other people around them as well.
5: If you're a better woman than I. Because <laughs> as soon as you said same wedding venue, I was like, no. And then you said dress and I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, it's just, it, is, the, is there not, there's an unwritten girl friendship code thing. It's very weird. It is. You would be...
4: You'd feel like they had something It's a bit odd, junior. but it depends yeah. on the context, I think. Because if that person is like, I'm just thinking, somebody like my sister, right? She is zero attention to clothes, how she looks, whatever. She hates going shopping. She's much more of a person, here, just wear this. So if she looked at something and thought, if it was somebody like my sister who was literally like, actually, that's a really nice dress. I know where she got it. It's in my price range. It'll probably look all right on me. I'm just going to go for it. What's the problem in that?
5: Yeah, no, no. The answer is still no. Yeah, it's interesting though,
2: isn't it? Because sometimes the the problem is clear. Like the the problem is very clear to you. Like you you say no, Um, but it's not so much about the problem. It's about what you're going to do next, Mm. and that's often the thing that people are having the biggest issue with. Is they know how they feel about the problem. They're horrified and they think it's terrible, but it the next part would depend on how comfortable you are with confrontation Mm. whether you think that you want to be a bit more stoic whether you care in your life yeah (laughs) whether you really care or you think life's too short yeah, or whether you know you absolutely love that dress and this is a deal breaker for that friendship and actually this has proven to you that that friendship was already a bit rubbish you know so it's all about next steps and I'm always trying to give people lots of different options for the next step because being when you're doing an agony aunt podcast or a written version, you can't be prescriptive, Mm -hmm. really. I think some people are very prescriptive and sometimes that's what people want to hear. But I think that's dangerous. I think you can only give suggestions and
5: support. Yeah. And the more suggestions you can give, the better. There's a book there called So Here's the Next Step. And I think we should you should you should that, just yeah. have all of the big key major issues. And that way you don't have to repeat yourself and say all the big major issues. Here are your options. And yeah. here's how you get from A to B. Yeah. And I think people would love that because it's true. They just, they want, what can I do? What are my options? Because we do know how we feel in that instance. We just don't know how it's we'll play the scenario out.
2: I love this. Nextsteps.com. Yeah. Mm. Oh, we love it. Sounds like a self-help book.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it's time for us to get a little self-help. It is our problems of the
4: week. So... Emma, do you want to kick us off or I've got yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. I'm like on. so this one comes from our producer who has just moved house. She's just um, moved in and she's done the really lovely neighbourly thing, which is what I never did when I moved in, but my mum did, <laughs> which is go knock on your neighbour's door and go, hi, I'm going to introduce myself. So she's been really neighbourly, but she's got one particular neighbour who's clearly coming across as a little bit of perhaps a loner who is very excited that she's knocked on her door and is now almost trying to become her new best friend and our producer is very uncomfortable about it and having all sorts of issues and going should i invite her in should i not i don't know what to do and uh and feeling you know a little bit uncomfortable that her new neighbor wants to be more than just a neighbor
2: oh that's really any advice we've had exactly this problem on dear viv actually but with a flatmate so with somebody who moved into a flat share and it mm-hmm. turned out to be somebody who didn't just want a flatmate. They wanted a new best friend. Oh. Best friend BFF for life. <laughs> and it's difficult. It, and generally, relationship mismatch uh, on a platonic level can be as stressful as relationship mismatch on a romantic, romantic level. <laughs> uh, really interesting problem. I think what it is really about at heart is boundaries, So if you're a very boundaried person and you're good at giving other people expectations of how they can treat, you know, we in life, we have to always teach other people how to treat us. That's a bit, it's a bit weird, but you have to pretend that everyone else is like a dog and you are training them. (laughs) So I'm a very the... highly mm. functional person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's all about showing people, you know, what you're up for, what you're not up for. Mm. So she can easily set the parameters of this relationship by making herself available or unavailable. Mm. That's so I th- sorry.
3: Interestingly, so our producer maxine's just she wants to clarify how bad this situation is. She was very nice to her, she knocked she on the door, she said hello. Sure, that was the end of the conversation. And literally the next day first thing in the morning she's knocking on her door opening it up to check how maxine has slept
4: But I do, but still boundaries, though, because I think, you know, Maxine is is concerned about this. And I think when you get that sort of concerned, I've had it before. I've had to do a lot of work on my boundaries. And that fear was because I wasn't sure how I was going to control this situation because I didn't know that I could say what I needed and what I didn't want. And then that creates all this awkwardness. But when you're really clear in your boundaries, you can really meet people with kindness, be open to them without it,
5: like causing you stress question I to the producer because i can see you do you have a peephole <laughs> yes you have a peep, right so the first boundary is the door don't Don't answer the door, yeah. answer the yeah. door. <laughs> that's that's the bottom line don't yeah. open it yeah. that's the boundary yeah uh and if she's out there don't don't answer yeah. the door You're just busy. keep that is the boundary that's there and if you pass in the hallway, you know gosh i'm always just so lovely to sit by yeah. end Gotta of go. yeah i bang on my wall because my neighbors play music at two in the morning. And if they're walking out the door because I don't want to get into an altercation, I just let them go out first and then I leave after them just that's to avoid that's Yeah. that's not <laughs> that's not it that, that's boundaries <laughs> sense, <laughs> just that's just avoidance the boundary avoidant. is door <laughs> there is a door there
2: Just through <laughs> <I agree laughs> the people I think what does happen in these situations and we all have issues with boundaries and I love what you said I think that was very beautiful I think the better <laughs> the, <laughs> more, be yeah, the more yeah. boundaries you have the better relationships you have with other people because yeah. you don't harbour resentment yeah and you don't all get all like tense because yeah. you're
4: like oh I don't know if I can be friends with this person but
2: I think in these situations we We're so frightened of facing our own boundaries and setting them because that can make us feel really nervous and that maybe we're not entitled to do that and it's quite a British thing as well. I don't want to be rude and a woman thing as well. But we think instead, oh, what I need to do is change the other person's (laughs) behaviour. So you think maybe you need to say to them something like, oh, why do you feel the need to come round and say this to me at this time in the morning? Or, 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 you know, say something that's going to make them realise that they're in the wrong. But this is completely a doomed ap- approach because you can't change other people's behaviour. And if someone thinks it's the right thing to come round to you first thing in the morning and ask if you've slept well when you're not <laughs> married not to them... it's <laughs> a bad thing. Well, it's weird. It's and weird. if you have to explain to them that it's weird, you've already lost. Yeah. I think what we've basically all agreed is that if somebody knocks on your door
3: first thing in the morning and asks you how you've slept... That's weird
4: no, hang on, hang on, <laughs> if this person is autistic or has learning difficulties, okay, can we just like can yep. we just be a little bit more compassionate, please, because it, I just think if people who do something like that, which is not your social norm it's because they don't understand social norm and it's likely that they are autistic, and I think we have to. That is an excellent thank point, you. Emma Sexton. Emma, for thank president. you. Yes, very, Emma for very president. Good point. we've all been told. <laughs> so they're not told. weird, but they definitely well, need some management. And also,
2: generally, being compassionate towards other people, which you can be when you set boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> the more boundaries you set, the more generous and compassionate you can be to other people.
3: Boundaries are mm. great. We like them up. Uh, so, for me this week, ladies, we're following up from last week's uh, where I was thinking about how we move what we hear they bit of a term <laughs> a luxury friend into more of a relationship zone if
2: what's a l- luxury friend is that a friend with benefits yeah. it is okay. yeah. is that a 1980s term that I've just used no, <laughs> we, no. Just okay. we just reinvented it we renamed it sort of luxury, luxury friend luxury
3: friend, friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh I would be so good if he was Russian um, so I've, I'm still working on that but in the meantime I've decided that I need to maybe reboost my kind of internet dating i find internet dating very very hard i swipe right on lots of people i try not to be be picky i try not to be picky i try to be really open i match to some people i can't get a conversation going what am i doing wrong
2: i'm just a bit sort of gobsmacked here and i want to understand what's going on you love luxury friend well no i don't love luxury i don't know if i love luxury friend i
3: like luxury friend but i sometimes feel if you put all your eggs in one basket Mm, this is what and then you know that basket drops you've lost all your eggs
2: but I I wonder if you're not that engaged in the internet dating because you love luxury friends. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> your heart isn't really in it. Do you think that could be oh, what it is? That could be. Yeah. It could be true.
3: It could be true. I think I sort of went into it with a definitely a sort of you know it's maybe not the correct term phrase, but a gird your loins, love attitude i was like i've got to do it i've got to if i want to have a relationship at some point in the next millennia i'm gonna have to invest some time and try and find one so i'm there swiping away because i'm not sure i can just rely on luxury friend i'm not sure
2: he's a winner this is really sad you're trying to protect yourself from disappointment because you want that to work out oh
3: oh.
2: yeah that's totally normal we all do it but you don't need to do it
3: But what happens if he's just not that into me?
2: Well, you get over it. You cry. You go out with some girlfriends. Yeah. Have luxury cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) And then you can go on the internet with, with you know, the whole of your heart. Interesting.
4: Interesting. Also, real life. I think there's some really amazing men out there. You just have to be able to flirt, look them in the eye, wear a choose love t-shirt.
5: Does that work?
4: It's Excuse me, you
5: had a challenge to chat up some men. How are you doing on that?
4: I chat up men all the time. Literally. Okay. I'm always chatting up Can
5: men. Can you share the results of, of the challenge that Harriet set you? Yep. There? What was I meant to do? Chat up Chat up, up
3: five
4: of them and ask one of them out on a date. No, I would never ask that. Uh, no, my approach. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, this I is would, a challenge you accepted. I, I, I accepted a challenge. I just kind of said yes. <laughs> we were on there and I didn't have time to think of something else. I would never ask a guy out. Ever, why? Why? Be, but I would definitely give him clear signals that if he asked me out, I would say yes. But why wouldn't you just ask him out? Because it's it's there's a world order, and I'm not going to disrupt that.
2: <laughs> wow, that's not a very badass, woman. It is. It? is ba-
4: Nobody is badass, right? Because we think we think that. Because it's equal that we can ask out men, right? But that is me. I'm all about feminine energy and masculine energy, right? And I think we've kind of got it a bit wrong when we try and be men and we try and be masculine. So I'm about staying in my feminine power, and oh that's my God, about. This is re- hilarious. I love this. <laughs> that's about receiving. But the thing is, you think that I'm not in control. I'm totally in control because I am. Giving them the signal. And how's that working me? out for you, love, staying in your feminine power? Do you know what? I'm much better. Much better. My dating approach When was approach the last time now? you had sex? Sorry, I'm just kidding, guys.
5: She <laughs> was going to answer though. Oh I wasn't. I know well, my mum listened. Oh,
2: yeah. But you're, you're single, but you don't want to compromise. You want to stay in your feminine power. You don't want to compromise just to stop being single. Right. I'm. Um, I um, No, I wouldn't say it's a compromise. I would say that I'm I'm very
4: conscious of staying in my feminine power when I'm dating.
2: Right. Wow. Goodness. And I will not
4: and I will not be my masculine. So, for instance, if I go out on a date before, I'd be like, well, I can order a drink and I can do all that. I can totally do that. But I will always let the guy do it.
2: Wow, that's like the rules. Do you know about the rules? A little bit, but there is a world
4: order in the way that men operate. If you understand male psychology, female psychology, it's got nothing to do with feminism. It's about a
2: masculine and feminine energy. Wow. I think that's a load of BS, but I really, (laughs) really respect you for following that. And I think it's fascinating. I came across this expression recently that... um, They have this thing in Native American culture I didn't know about called two-spirit, and it's their word for transgender of sorts. Mm -hmm. So it basically means that inside one person, there could be a two-spirit power where there's a lot of masculine energy and feminine energy in the same person. Mm -hmm. So they call that two-spirit. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm two-spirit. I'm too mm, I'm, I'm as are. much masculine, masculine as I am yeah. feminine. I don't yeah. want to be in this feminine power. I don't want to have to behave like a woman, in inverted <laughs> as if I feel not like Not like a woman, because that's gender. I'm about femininity. In that t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it says choose love, not choose vagina so, so you think feminine is different to being
4: a woman? I think you, yes, absolutely. Women, woman is about gender. You can be a, a male and you can be feminine. So I'm about masculine and feminine. My feminism is all about society valuing the fem- the feminine as much as it does the masculine. Right.
2: Oh god. So right. When <laughs> when you do meet someone and you you would you get married to them no i don't believe in they don't marriage. believe in marriage okay i didn't think you would um but if you had a child with them i don't want children you don't want children okay interesting <laughs> but that's but this is a very interesting version of choice feminism i would say that you're espousing so a similar arguments come up if women say it's just as much of a feminist choice to be a stay-at-home mother yeah. because that is living in your feminine power mm-hmm
3: well right uh, she's all about choosing love though i'm all about the choice she's all about the choice well, this is fascinating it is <laughs> look at this we've i'd really like
2: to do a, a fly on the wall documentary <laughs> for you going out dating <laughs> that would be hilarious when isn't was you? the last time you had sex I've, I've been married for 18 years to the same man so that's going to be an awkward answer isn't it? <laughs> i haven't had sex with anyone apart from my husband since 1998 hmm. and not with him that often <laughs> and uh, i do have three children though so We've at least done that number of times. Yeah, definitely (laughs) done it three times.
3: (laughs) But it has been. Fabulous having you on the show. Uh, if people want to hear more from you, for a start, tell us where they can go see Vivalicious.
2: Vivalicious, my new Edinburgh show about self-help, which might have a new section about <laughs> feminine power. I love that. Uh, Vivalicious is on an Underbelly uh, at the Edinburgh Fringe from the 1st to the 26th of August. And it's also a previewing at Museum of Comedy in London. And I'm going to be in Froome in Somerset, where I originally come from. Uh, and a few other places, so just check me out on Twitter, and they're all on there. It's Where Viv can they Grosskop. find you on social media, etc.? So handle. it's Viv Grosskop, spelt in the With traditional the Jewish fathead way G I R S <laughs> K O P. I am not Russian, I am just fathead.
3: <laughs> Viv, thank you so much, it has been a delight.
0: One, two, three, four.
3: This has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast. We hope you've loved it as much as we do. If you did, rate and review us, give us five stars, and then come have a chat with us at Badass Women's Hour HR on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, we're there.